0: Network Browns fans talking to Browns fans. What makes a man? Is it the power in his hands? Is it his quest for glory? Give it all you got to, to fight to the top so we can know your story. to another edition of Manly by Nature, here on the DBN Network. Manly! Ah. I am Manly and Loving It, a.k.a. The Manly One, and I'd like to say thank you for listening. If you would like to support us in some kind of way, if you listen to this, then if you listen to this regularly... There's no goddamn excuse for not following us on Twitter and liking on Facebook. It helps us out, all right? Like us on, if we have 100 followers on Facebook, I mean, excuse me, 100 followers on Twitter instead of 50, then other people will be like, oh, this person has 100 followers, he must be worth listening to, not really 100, but if you had, you know, 1,000 followers instead of 100... It then snowballs and you get more listeners and more followers. So if you listen to this and you enjoy it, follow us on Twitter and Facebook, please, so that we can get more listeners. That's how it works. I mean, it's great. I'm glad that you listen, period. I'm thankful that you choose to listen at all. But if you are a faithful listener, then the proper thing to do is to (laughs) create... Create a Twitter account or a Facebook profile if you don't have them and follow us. And every once in a while, engage, retweet, shit, you know, like, comment. I certainly would appreciate it. Today's Wednesday, when is it the 29th? Yeah, the 29th. Wednesday, the 29th of November. It's 3 47 in the afternoon, in case you care about that. Don't know why you would, but I just like telling you these things. I like you to have a, you know, I like to paint pictures. I want you to know exactly what's going on in my world. And you can comment and let me know what's going on in yours. But, um, yeah, if you comment on the videos, ask questions, hey, you know, what, what do you think about this? What would, you, what would you rather do? Whatever. Then, like I said, it, it makes it easier for me to justify recording the show and then spending the time to edit it and all that. And, you know, interaction then breeds more interaction more engagement so i um i didn't watch all of the Bengals game <clears throat> i actually i posted i actually i tweeted right before like about a half an hour before kickoff that i was gonna i was like really tired on sunday that i was gonna try to take a quick cat nap for about 30 minutes and wake up for the kickoff but that i was sure i would oversleep and sure enough i woke up like five minutes before halftime Um, And you would think, oh, well, then why didn't you set an alarm or something so that you would wake up? Because I, at that moment, cared more about getting sleep than I did about watching the first half of the game. And in retrospect, I think that was the right decision. Um, We ended up losing, as you know, 0-11. Kaiser played all right. I've been encouraged by his play of late you know, there's still plenty of people that that think either, either they think that we're wasting our time with Kaiser or they think that he is having a, you know, a really bad, a historically bad year for a rookie quarterback or whatever. You know, that Cody Kessler was better as a rookie and stuff like that. Maybe Kessler was better as a rookie, but how somebody, like, as far as just the fact that somebody had a bad year doesn't really have that much bearing on the future, right? It's the actual details. Did they improve as the season went along? What, what, excuse me, what were the reasons they were bad? Were they throwing lots of interceptions in the red zone, which Kaiser has improved at over the year? So that, you know, that's a positive. Is it that they're fumbling a lot? Is it that they're taking too many sacks? Are they, you know, just missing lots of throws? Or, is all that happening, but also their wide receivers are dropping a lot of balls. Their coach is calling plays that aren't really helping them out a lot of the times, you know, stuff like that. And I think with Kaiser, you can say that he has not played well overall as a rookie, but he is slowly improving over the season. Hopefully he will actually stream together, you know, a couple of decent games. You know, instead of just playing a little better this week and then, you know, throwing some bad picks the next week, then playing a little better, then playing bad. Hopefully he can string together three or four, you know, average games, decent games. That would be promising. At the moment, I don't mind drafting another quarterback. Um, but I don't think drafting another quarterback means um, that you absolutely say, all right, Kaiser is done. I mean, he's, you know, he'll be 22 next year. If we draft, you know, Baker Mayfield or, you know, Lamar Jackson or whoever – those, one of those guys from USC or UCLA? I can't think of their name. At the Rosen, if we draft one of those guys, or if we draft somebody later, you know, in the third round, second round, whatever, that doesn't necessarily mean that uh, we need to start them right away. And they'll be they'll basically be about the same age as Kaiser, depending on who it is. And you know, you just, there's nothing wrong with sitting a player for a year or two. I you know I still don't uh, agree with the notion. That seems to be so pervasive amongst the, uh, you know, the vocal Browns fans, as, as in the people that comment and that kind of stuff, that, you know, because we've been so bad, we have to know if a guy's going to be the future of the franchise, so we have to play him right away, and we need to, you know, let him see what he's got, let him test his metal. And so that if he's not the guy, we can move on. But you can't know if somebody is the guy, right? Even if they play poorly, objectively play poorly, they may be, like I said, improving in certain ways that that usually project to future growth and success. Um, so hopefully Kaiser will, is, like I said, I think he's improving, and hopefully that will mean that he's going to be better next year whether he starts for us or not but I think there's no reason you know obviously not to have him on the team um and if we draft somebody at number one or number you know 200 then you know like I said to me it's just like when we drafted I'm not drafted excuse me signed RG3 what we should have done was um not saying we should have you know absolutely drafted like Carson Wentz I mean, obviously, looking back on it, that would have been nice. But when we dra- when we signed RG3, we should have just looked at it as when we signed, like, Vince Young. You know, we signed Vince Young. Um, we had him at practice for a little while. He didn't look very good. We got rid of him, you know. It's <laughs> pretty straightforward. And that's the same process we should have done on RG3. We bring him in. We sign him. We see how he looks. We have him compete with Kessler and mccown and whatnot um and if he isn't up to par then you sit him it doesn't matter that he's on a short contract or that he fits maybe hugh's offensive system better or whatever but obviously that's not what happened what happened was hugh wanted rg3 and once we got him I feel like it's pretty obvious that he was like, this is going to be the starter. You know, RG3 is going to be my guy. He's going to go into the season as a starter. We'll see how he does. More so than we have these three. We have McCown, RG3, and Kessler, and let's see how they look in, you know, training camp in the preseason, and then we'll make a decision going into the third or fourth week or whatever, week one. Um... Yeah, the the only other thing with Kaiser that really not bothers me, but that I wonder about is, you know, I haven't had I haven't paid that much. And I actually am I'm going to get uh, the NFL Game Pass thing today, so that I can start watching the the All 22 or the coaches tape, whatever term you like to call it. Um, so I can watch more closely and focus in on some people like Peppers and Sean Coleman and Kaiser. But um, the one thing I, I, I thought about was that when you watch him like I said I haven't paid that close of attention to it but just something I noticed a couple times when you watch him come onto the field and in the huddle and stuff he doesn't necessarily seem to um be in command of the huddle and stuff like that he he kind of uh like I said you know I probably shouldn't say anything because I haven't watched that close but just like I said just something I noticed a couple times throughout the season but hadn't really focused in on was like you know is does he seem a little aloof or separated from from his offense like they, maybe he doesn't have the confidence yet to really be um the leader on the field which obviously the quarterback has to be even if you're not you know even if you're not that good of a quarterback or you you know your ceiling isn't that high if you're you know brad johnson or trent dilfer or whatever you still have to be in charge on the field you know what i mean um, doesn't matter if you have the natural ability of Cam Newton or the natural ability of Cody Kessler, you uh, you know you have to be you have to be the 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 guy on the field that's you know running shit. And so I do wonder about that. But like I said, later today I'm um, I'm going to get the NFL Game Pass and I'll be watching that more. I actually I'm so annoyed right now with i know i'm always annoyed it seems like but i got a car recently um i had 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 a truck but you know with some changes and some uh, future changes that i plan to make and stuff like that it it just wasn't feasible um with the job with some of the stuff i'm doing right now for work like with lyft and stuff it wasn't really feasible to drive an f-150 it wasn't efficient for gas it was fine before because we had two vehicles and my truck was just like for when I needed a truck or or, whatever we took a a different vehicle to work every day and stuff but now it just wasn't really feasible for me to have uh, the truck versus other vehicles so I got a car and then um, there was an issue with the speakers in the front where they're making this like scratchy high uh, this this noise which isn't that bad at first but after like 20 minutes of it it starts to just bore into your head till you're like f**k so i got the car uh i got the car like two weeks ago a couple days later took it into the dealership it was like dude what's going on with this thing it's driving me crazy they listened to it and they were like oh okay i hear it whatever and then i told the guy i was like, "Yeah." he was like yeah i hear it's coming from the front i'm like yeah i don't think it's actually coming from the speakers like in the door i think it's coming from the speakers in the dashboard and, goes, uh-huh. and so they look at it and he comes and he's like we don't have the uh the speakers in, in stock right now but we've ordered them for you and then we'll install them when they get here so i left a little while later it's time to go have them installed i go there yesterday it takes a oh my god it took a long time i was there like all not all day but a huge part of the day because they were like oh because they it's annoyed me because <laughs> i called was like hey I, i'm coming in tomorrow i just want to make sure that you actually have the speakers in stock because i don't want to drive over there and then you don't have them they're like let me check on that and they come back they're like yeah we have the speakers you know we'll see you tomorrow morning i go there and he's like you know asking me questions and i'm like what i'm like i'm here to have speakers installed and he's like what I'm Like, yeah and he's like oh well the worksheet or whatever says that you're here to have some work done on your antenna like no he's like oh well that's a different guy that does the speaker so he's working on something else right now so it'll be a while and i'm like shit he's like well we have a shuttle that can you know take you home or take you wherever you want to go if you want and i'm like all right fine that's fine i'll just go home and then i'll wait like an hour he's like well the shuttle guy is out right now but he'll be back in like an hour I wait. he gets there and excuse me the shuttle guy gets there and the the uh, the service department guy that was helping me is he like, hey, this guy needs a ride. And He's like, oh, I gotta leave. I gotta go. You know, or he asked me, he's like, where are you headed to? And I'm like, Boca, because this is in Delray, which is like the town immediately north of Boca. He's like, oh, I gotta go up north. He's like, I gotta go pick up two people, so I can't can't go to Boca right now. So I'm like, God, damn it. So I go sit down and wait and wait and wait. Anyway, so the the shuttle guy, when he got back, he assumed. Like, you know, I was there for, like, an hour. Then he got there, and he couldn't take me home. He had to go do some other stuff. Then he came back, like, however long later, an hour and a half, two hours later. And he just assumed that I was already gone at that point. So he never even came to look to see if I was still there, which is irritating. Because he came by, like, hours later, you know, and is like, oh, you're still here? I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, I just I didn't think you were still going to be here. I, I could have taken you home, like, two hours ago. Like, yeah, well, you should have came and f***ed seen if i was sitting here but anyway <clears throat> so i sit there all day right is the point a big majority of the day now finally i get to the point where i, I go back to my service representative guy or whatever and i'm asking him stuff and he's like oh uh he basically admitted that they had kind of like forgotten about my car and he's like oh let me go check on that and he goes back there and he comes back and he's like all right well uh, yeah that shouldn't take long we're gonna have you out of here in like no time and i'm like all right well you know if it's just gonna be like another hour or two then i'll just wait and he's like because at that point i was thinking about just making an appointment to come out the next day when the guy would be available and know that i was coming for my speakers he's like no no we'll get you out of here in less than an hour and then it ended up being like about another hour (laughs) of course it's not that big of a deal at that point, because I'd already been there so long, he, he comes and gets me, and he's like, all right, what's ready? We got your speakers in. You're good to go. Have a great holidays, blah, blah, blah. Get in the car. I go home. On the way home, I was on the phone with my girlfriend, so I wasn't listening to the speakers. So later that evening, when I get in the car, I turn it on, turn on some Mastodon, and there's that fucking noise again, and I'm like, what the fuck?" They didn't change out the right speed. They didn't check after they changed the speakers. First of all, they didn't order the right speakers. They ordered speakers for the door, not the ones for the dashboard. So apparently, they didn't actually pay that much attention when they diagnosed it. they were just like, "Oh yeah, it's the front speakers." He said the front speakers are making noise. Yeah, I hear it. Let's order from sp- some front speakers. They didn't, they not you know, take the time to see if it was which set of speakers it was. Then it got there, they changed it finally, and then they didn't even see if it was still making. The- they were just like, "All right, speakers are in." And so now I have to go back and have them get the other f***ing speakers. So that's irritating. car's all under warranty, of course, so I mean, it's not like I have to pay for it, but it's just irritating because it's, you know, time and all that. Anyway, <laughs> I'm going to hold off on talking about Hugh Jackson right now. Uh, I'm sure most of you saw the uh, the story on Josh Gordon that came out yesterday that is uh frustrating i said this last year that the, what bothers me with gordon is like even if he can stay sober and stuff it just it seems like there's just something off putting about the whole situation with him where he he seems so like last year too he had a, like an article that came out and he's he was on some tv shows you know he has this uh story or his is his past which i mean it's not that i question whether or not it happened but Um, You know, with the issues he had growing up and and gang activities and all that and drugs, you know, I understand that 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 was his reality. So, you know, so be it. But, you know, he's just he he doesn't seem when I listen to him talk and read things. I don't know. It's just like the the comfort, I guess you could say, with which he he talks about things and the the way he just it, it seems like it doesn't bother him that he's had these issues in the sense of i don't know like i said last year it seemed like he's like writing a movie script for his life <laughs> so he's like you know all right now the next act will be when i go back to rehab for the 18th time and then the next you know the next i can get back to when i go back to the browns and blah 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 and then i'll end up being you know uh all pro again and i end up in the hall of fame and Get a movie made about me and make a billion dollars you know and reading that article with his manager or whatever it it um i'm so i'm so i have such great foresight man you know i'm able to see these things with rg3 and gordon and you know just the amount the level of insight i have to the human psyche it's it's uncanny <laughs> yeah it just you know his manager is more concerned about his story than about his career, you know, so that they can profit off of it. And I feel that obviously Gordon's If Gordon, if that's his manager, you know, you can fire your manager. Obviously Gordon is okay with his manager's approach. So obviously he has the same mindset, maybe not to the same degree of the, maybe, uh, you know, the manager wants to profit off of, Gordon and make a book deal and a movie deal or whatever more so than Gordon does but Gordon has to also want that to whatever degree and so I feel like he thinks you know he naturally has the ability to which he does but I feel like he he thinks he naturally has the ability to be successful in the NFL and he wants to now you know go back and be successful but I don't think his heart is really into it so much in that he's more concerned about appearances and his image and being this, like, comeback story, which I know you're gonna, you know, you, you would say then, well, if he's gonna be this great comeback story, he has to come back and succeed, but I don't know, I just, there's something that just rubs me the wrong way with Gordon, and it's not because, you know, he did drugs and all that, I mean, obviously that's that sucks that he... And it was getting suspended for drugs and couldn't stop doing it and was high for all the games or whatever let's not even get into all the people ignoring the obvious warning signs and oh leave him alone it's it's just weed and yeah it is just weed i don't care about weed but <clears throat> as i said with manzel and as i said with gordon when something happens once or twice okay but when something happens 50 times or there's smoke there's fire I'm, I'm hopeful or not hopeful. I don't know. I'm just, I'm unconcerned with Josh Gordon. If that makes sense. I hope he does well. If he, if he plays for us next week or next year or whatever, I hope he's successful because that helps the Browns be successful. And I hope he's successful in his life in general, because I'm a lover of the human condition. I'm the, I'm the lover of people. You know, I want people to be successful. I don't want people to go through pain and, and sorrow, so I wish him nothing but the best. But from my reading of like his personality and his intentions, and from his past, um, as far as you know, he's always he always has issues with staying eligible and stuff. I'm not going to invest any hope into him, but I don't want him to not succeed either. I don't hope he fails, or I don't hope that he gets uh you know cut by the team or traded or whatever I just I don't care I just I all I care about is in in regards to Gordon is that you know if he is eligible to play that we get the best return for from him you know the return on our investment whether that is him playing for us him you know being traded whatever I don't care um I just hope that if he plays, or if he's eligible to play, we get something out of it. He gets something out of it. He gets. He. he, I mean, like, he. That's what worries me too. Like I said, with his management, he has, he always has had, and he continues to have access to to such, you know, support that a normal person wouldn't have. Right? He could have anything he wants from the Browns as far as like a support system he could be surrounded he can be surrounded by football um you know now that he's eligible to return to team activities he can be surrounded by football 24-7 more or less and you know use that as a way to you know distract himself from other things or to put his energy into um, productive activities um not that I think people should be robots but you know what I'm saying I think you know when you have issues, it helps to have something to focus your energies on, and to have a support system in place. And when you're talking about an NFL franchise, you have lots of uh, lots of uh, means available to you to to help keep you on the right path and stuff. But I don't know that he's going to do that because I think at the end of the day, that is Josh Gordon's personality. Is that I think his personality is that he, you know when he was doing drugs and all that kind of stuff and drinking too much was like, I can do this and still be successful because I've got a handle on it. You know, kind of like the Manziel thing, although Manziel obviously didn't have any kind of a handle on it. But I mean, Gordon knows he can do, you know, things that he, uh, you could say, quote, shouldn't be doing and still be successful as long as you obviously don't get caught and get suspended. But I think even now that he is sober and hopefully he stays sober for his health and for the team and whatever, hopefully he stays sober, but I feel like, you know, he, I think he's just has that personality of like, I can still do the things that I want to do, uh, and be successful. Like I can still go out partying, maybe he'm not saying drinking, but like just go out and putting himself in situations that are conducive, uh, to future issues, you know, future either relapses or just getting in trouble for getting involved with some kind of fight at a nightclub or what, you know, whatever the hell nfl players and and uh you know famous people get into get into shit with is usually you know they're out partying or they're out at some concert or they're out at some nightclub and a fight breaks out and they get involved and they end up getting arrested or they and then find out that they have a gun on them or whatever. I think what worries me is that I think even if he has a handle on his uh, substance issues, he still will put himself into vulnerable positions because he feels like I can do. I can, you know, I think he has that mentality of like I think it's good to be yourself, right? You have to be yourself, you have to be true to yourself. But being, you know, true to yourself is not always the same thing as just doing whatever the hell you want to do. And I think he thinks he can do what he wants to do because he's got to be himself. I got to keep it real, son. And I think that is uh ultimately his downfall in the past and hopefully that will not be his downfall in the future who so last week's show i was talking about thanksgiving and stuff and i got a question i'm sorry dude i do not know how to pronounce your username i have not been on the site much so i don't know if you've said it somewhere how to pronounce it it is written g-r-e-n-a-c-h-e-11 so Grenache, grenache green neck i have no idea how to say it please let me know in the comment section or something you can you know do the little little pronunciation thingy where you say how to how to pronounce it and i'll be happy to pronounce it properly but he wrote me which i really appreciate as i talked about at the beginning of the show really appreciate any kind of engagement feedback questions etc so let's see he says um he wants to know about <clears throat> if uh tracy is ambivalent to sports how does she feel about thanksgiving let's see he says that his christmas is in the middle of summer and awful excuse me often includes cold seafood and shellfish are, are i guess are, are you from australia i would have to imagine that you're from australia right uh, how does she feel about thanksgiving yeah she's big on thing uh well i don't know that she's necessarily big on thanksgiving she's big on food <laughs> as we discussed so she likes Thanksgiving the same reason I do. It's it's I like I'm a holiday person in general. I'm not a holiday person in the sense of like I don't listen to Christmas music at that time of the year. I don't put on dress up in Christmas sweaters all the time and go around being like Merry Christmas, everybody! Woo! Joy to the world! I mean, I'm I'm not that guy, but I do enjoy the holidays and the uh, on the inside I get warm and fuzzy about the holidays. I just i'm not the most expressive person on the outside about about stuff i'm just i don't have that energy people that are too energetic about stuff annoy me i mean she seemed tracy seemed to enjoy thanksgiving i mean we you know me and her had it she usually has it with her family but her family was a little uh had had some stuff going on so like weren't really like available right now so we decided and i like i said my family lives in mobile alabama so I didn't, i'm not i haven't been home in a while i want to go home i'm going home for christmas so i didn't want to to deal with going home for thanksgiving because like i said before i have a cat and a dog and it's you know it's a pain to get all that together and to go home and then to try to do it again it's it's a pain just to do it once or twice a year forget about once or twice and you know twice in, in two months but um yeah, she's Tracy's had a lot going on recently as far as with work. And, and she's got like two show, two or three art shows. Well, she hasn't had an art show in a while, but she has like two art shows next week. And uh, like another one coming up in January. And her uh, some of her artwork's going to be in the, what is it? The, uh, like the Haitian Heritage Museum uh, until April, which is really cool. So she's really busy with that stuff. And she's also, like I said, busy with work and stuff. So um, she was a little preoccupied, not preoccupied, like, but, you know, she's just um, when you've got too much on your plate, it makes it hard to, to completely be in the, in the holiday spirit, you know? uh yeah i'm glad that uh, that you feel like i've caught up super fast you know i just like i said earlier i just, it, I don't need to like go super in depth into everything because i have such uh you know i have such a, a knack for insight and and uh, you know kind of extrapolating extrapolating there's a good word i'm good at extrapolating man you know and yeah most commentary is just wild guesswork and you know i like i said before i don't i try to not be i try to not be full of shit in the sense of saying i know things i'm happy to be full of shit. <laughs> as far as just generally i like doing this show because i like i like just kind of riffing and just being myself and just being silly but i i don't think i i know everything about football i think i'm I think I'm decent at evaluating like players and I think I'm decent at you know looking at the situation and trying uh, I'm not saying I'm decent at looking at situation and know what's going on but I'm decent at like look I, I feel like looking at a situation and being able to separate what I would like to see happen or what I would like to see not happen versus what I think is actually going on I, I try to be objective you're always going to be subjective to some degree but I, I try to be objective in my analysis and the way things work and how organizations work like I said last show and like you comment on you know I don't work for NFL the NFL I don't work in a front office I don't know exactly how everything's set up and how everything works but having you know watched football for my entire life basically and especially over the last five years been very engaged with the nfl as far as following the browns and reading stuff being on dbn and just reading stuff in general about the browns and other you know the nfl in general i feel like i have a decent idea of one how most teams more or less are set up you know but like, like you say i i don't claim to know at all but i feel like i have a decent idea of how they more or less are set up generally and how and i have of course my opinion on how they should be set up um with the disclaimer that I don't know for sure because I, I, I don't work for front offices. I don't, I, don't, I haven't been able to test my theories, but just in general, you know how most how organizations in general work. I take umbrage with certain things because I feel like it's not the best way to to approach those things um, from an organizational standpoint and a hierarchy standpoint. And so yeah, I don't think you have to be some great football mind to see that. Our organization in the past has not been set up the best with um, Haslam being either you know too involved or not setting things up clearly from the get go as far as the delineation of power and all that I think that continues to be a problem, and i don't see that necessarily changing i mean i think I think with each iteration of the front office you 've seen him probably be less. Involved, or the may you know, I don't know for sure because, you know maybe he became more involved, you know once he got rid of Banner and Lombardi, you know Banner was really running the organization, you know to what exactly extent we don't know because you know I don't know exactly how involved Haslam was. It would be logical consider you know if you're aware or if you're familiar with you know the situations that have happened from 2000, the end of 2012 when he took over ownership till now. Uh, to me, it would make sense to think that maybe you know, being a first-year owner, he was really, you know, he was pretty involved sitting in meetings and trying to understand what's going on. And then when he felt like he needed to make a change and got rid of Joe Banner and Lombardi and Chud and all that, um, and then brought in Ray Farmer and Patton, I feel like he probably got more involved to some degree as far as the decision-making, um, maybe not more so more involved on a day-to-day basis, but I feel like he start you know, got more involved as far as having the final say on we're going to take Johnny Manziel or we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And I don't know how much that has changed going. It seems like maybe that's backed off a little bit coming into this new iteration of the front office, but I don't think he can ever totally take his head out of his ass and leave people alone to do their job. You know? I mean, he can probably leave people alone to to make the final this i think like i said last week i think he he just ha- he feels like he has if people i don't feel like he has to be he probably tells himself he's not going to meddle meddle but i feel like at the end of the day when people are disagreeing like i said last week he lets hugh get in his ear too much or whoever it is and then he lets uh or he chooses to at the worst moments get involved and say, all right, these guys aren't agreeing. Uh, so this is, you know, I'm the owner, I've got to step in and, and, and make the final decision of what we should do. And that's not what he should be doing. You know, and you, you do make a, you know, Grenache, Grenache. he doesn't make a good point that, you know, he says, if I, if I was a billionaire owner, a huge amount of my fund would be getting close to players rather than being a detached investor type. Um, yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying, but I think there's a difference. You see you see, owners, like, when you watch – if you watch football games at the beginning of the game sometimes or when you watch, like, those sounds of the NFL or whatever, you'll see owners. They'll be on the field, you know, talking to, you know, Tom Brady or talking to the players and joking around with people and maybe if, um, you know, some celebrity is there to – like i don't know like there's the you know the the game of thrones the guy the mountain he was at a game a vikings game last year to like blow their horn which was pretty cool you can look it up on youtube but you know before the game he was down on the field like you know taking in the pregame stuff and the owner was down there talking to him so yeah i mean i think as an owner i would be involved like with, i would want to you know talk to my player like i said it, it like i said last week though it's Maybe the Queen of England wasn't the best example, because the Queen of England doesn't go around talking to people all day. But it's like when I, you know, when I worked, I worked at the VA for seven years, and this isn't an exact parallel, but like the Secretary of the VA, right? Which, if you don't know, VA is Department of Veterans Affairs. So when the Secretary of the VA, you know, anytime he was like in town, he would, you know, come to the local VA. Hospital and walk around and say hey to people, see what people were up to, give people words of encouragement, say hey you guys are doing a great job, whatever. Now granted, the secretary of the VA, like I said, it's not a perfect parallel because the secretary of the VA, you know, does have input into what the VA does. But what I'm saying is he should, you know, he should be a figurehead, and you can be involved with things if if you. If you separate yourself properly and say, all right, I'm going to be, you know, I'm the owner of this team. I, I want people to know that they have my support and that I think they're doing a great job and I want people to enjoy their job and have fun. And I think it's fine to go down to the field and, you know, say hey to people and go around and talk to fans. Hey, what do you think about our team? What do you, you know, whatever. And just enjoy being the owner of a, of a football team. That's fine. But I think, you know, there's clearly a difference between wanting to be involved in the sense of wanting, you know, people to know that they have your support, and wanting to be a good boss, and be like, hey, you're doing a great job, and how's the family, and all that. It's just, just general interpersonal relationship. There's a difference between that and getting too close, in the sense of letting somebody tell you what the team should be doing, and and then letting that actually influence things. And I think that's the the I think that's where Haslam crosses the line from being. Involved in the sense of being a a figurehead and and enjoying being an owner and talking to folks. I think he—and I could be wrong, right—but all—all things seem to indicate that he. What the hell is that? All things seem seem to indicate that he um, crosses that line frequently, from just being involved on a uh, superficial level, I guess you could say, to being involved in making decisions that then go on to negatively affect things so i appreciate the comment though i really do keep them coming let me know how to pronounce your name if anybody else has any questions please comment on the article on dbn on uh excuse me on DogsByNature.com. by who the hell are we playing this weekend i just i was thinking about it just a minute ago and it's it slipped my mind who are we playing the chargers so hopefully we'll play way, play well against the Chargers. We beat them last year. Maybe we got their number somehow. And we beat them again this year. I right, know, they're playing pretty well. Hopefully what we'll see is uh Kaiser be be uh you know a little more consistent with his play throughout the game and from week to week. And hopefully we'll see some improvement from Peppers and and uh some of the other guys and ho- I'm what I'm really hoping is you know they're there are guys on the team that I'm that I feel good about and I'm just hoping we get through the rest of the year without anybody getting injured. You know? I mean injuries are always gonna happen. But, you know, hopefully some, you know, guys like Njoku and um in and Duke Johnson and Sean Coleman and um Peppers and Kurt C. Schobert. I'm not saying all these guys are like future stars, you know, NASA, but I'm just hoping we can get through the season without any of them getting hurt. And um so we can go into next year, you know, healthy. We get we'll get Ogma back, and just you know, you don't want people that you root for to get hurt. Pain, pain sucks, right? I don't like it. All right, so that's I mean that's what I'm gonna be watching for for the rest of the season. going to watching Kaiser, be watching Peppers, and then I'm just gonna be generally watching kind of our the the young core of our team, Kirksey, um, you know, Batonio, et cetera, and hope that they don't get hurt and continue to improve and play well. And so, hopefully, we'll see some uh, something to be excited about between now and the end of the year. Who knows what it could be? Maybe you know, maybe NASA looks really good at the end of the year for several games in a row where Peppers continues to improve and looks really good, actually. Our Kaiser, well, I mean, obviously, best of all would be if our quarterback looked great. That would kind of uh, supersede everything else. But that's uh you know it'd be nice just to have something going into next year to be like hey all of our players are healthy Joe Thomas is coming back hopefully you know we've got these new draft picks um you know so far we've done decently with drafting there's always going to be some guys that don't work out but uh, overall with this new front office I feel like our drafts have been better than if you go back and look at the last you know 10 years of drafts uh you know so far it's early you know it's really early obviously i subscribe more or less to the easy weave um idiot uh what's the word the uh the easy weave i don't know i can't think of why, why do i like i have a good vocabulary <laughs> why i get so stumped on words sometimes oh, i'm so stupid but yeah this the the theory of uh waiting, at least a couple years before making judgments. I mean, you can start to see how Danny Shelton has really improved from a rookie till now. I mean, he looks like he uh you know, you can still argue whether or not he was worth the what was it number 12 pick, number 11, number 12, whatever it was. But I mean, I think I think he's played really well this season and I think having somebody at that position that can really disrupt things, push get some push up the middle of the field disrupt a quarterback even if you know nose tackles unless you've got Vince Wilfork or not uh, the not was not ever really a, a pure nose tackle unless you got one of those guys that are just athletically special and superhuman strength like Vince to uh, cause butt fumbles you know you're, you're you know you're not really expecting a nose tackle to be getting into the backfield in the sense of getting through the line and making sacks making you know, really uh, making plays that that jump off the tape. But I think it's super important to have a guy there that can affect the line of scrimmage, and I think Shelton has been doing a really good job of that. And I think that's a big part. I mean, Like I said, I'm going to be watching the All-22 coming up, but I would just guess that he has been a big part of why our run defense has been improved. Just, Just, you know, he's been much better, it seems like, just from my limited viewing so far, first first watching, first viewing, initial viewing, there we go, from my initial viewing so far, <clears throat> it seems like he has been very, um, you know, eating up blockers, uh, affecting the line of scrimmage, which then affects the quarterback. Like I said a few weeks ago, I feel like, you know, obviously your edge rushers are the guys that are going to have the higher sack totals, but I feel like it's much more disruptive, to opposing quarterbacks when you can affect the middle of the line of scrimmage would you can get a nose tackle or defensive tackles to be pushing getting a push back into the quarterback's face that's much that that helps so much with edge rusher, edge rushers actually getting their sacks and getting home because you force you, the quarterback you know especially I mean if you have somebody as good as Joe Thomas or uh, Jason Peters or Trent Williams or whatever at left tackle you know, it's it's relatively easy if you have Joe Thomas who can keep edge rushers. You know, just wash them out of the play. I mean, it's you can let the edge rusher get upfield, right? You want to keep him going upfield in a lot of cases because then the quarterback can just take a, a step up and he's got a clean pocket to work with if the edge rusher, you know, overruns the play more or less. You could say I don't know if you would, the technical term would be to overrun it. I think that's be different, but you know what I'm talking about. Um, whereas. You know, if you affect the middle of the field and, and you force the quarterback to have to move to his side, you affect his, uh, you affect obviously his line of vision. He has to, to, he can't just, you know, you can step up and not really have to adjust your view that much. But if you're moving laterally, you know, you unless you're special, you have to, you know, take your eyes off downfield at least for a little bit. And, and, um, you know, it's a little bit harder for most. It's harder for for everybody except for you know Aaron Rodgers, more or less, to uh, throw on the run or moving laterally um, versus ste- you know taking a couple steps forward into the pocket to move up and step and throw. So I've been really uh, I've been really encouraged by Shelton and hopefully, and uh, I've heard you know some some of the other guys on the defensive line have played really well, but like I said, I haven't had that much time because I've only been able to watch the games initially so far like on first viewing and so I haven't really had time to really focus on players but I'll be doing that coming up so thank you for listening to Manly by Nature here on the DBN network if you enjoy the show like I said follow us you can um you can hit me up on instagram or twitter at Josue artwork j-o-s-u-e Artwork or you can email me at manlyandlovingit at gmail.com or at hostwayartwork. Artwork. I have two. I have both email addresses, you know? Because uh, every now and then I actually get an email about artwork. So, alright. Talk to you later. Now you're a male! Oh my, oh my, oh my!